about it. All right, turn off the air conditioner. Join the meeting. Hello? Yo, what's up? Hey, yo, what up? There's a giant red spider outside the front door holding me hostage. Wow, it's red? Can't even go outside. At night it comes out, <clears throat> builds its web, dares oh, it's you. Oh, your friend. I, the, the, the spider friend I had last year was safe because it was on the other side of a window. Yeah. Maybe word has gotten around about who you are in the Spider-Verse. Oh, I'll smash and this one to smithereens if it, if it dares attack. It wouldn't dare attack. It likes you. And it's probably an orb weaver, a red one, a marbled or something like that. But that's what you thought the other one was, too. Well, they're very common here, and they're very, there's a variety. They're like the pigeon of spiders. Well, there's different, there's many different types of orb weavers, and they're, they're hmm. safe. OWs? Sure. If you want to call them OWs? Yeah. You can, you can do that. NYC OWs? <laughs> All across the NYC lives the orb weavy. And they're special to me. No, I, I am reading a light in the attic to the kids, and they love it. Where the sidewalk ends is the one with the sharp-toothed snail that bites off your nail. That's Shell Silverstein, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. Light in the attic, and then where the sidewalk ends mm -hmm. is the one I had. I read both of them, but inside everybody's nose, there lives a sharp-toothed snail. If you stick your finger up, he may bite off your nail. <laughs> awesome. It gets to the point if you stick it all the way up, it'll bite the whole darn thing off. To stop kids from sticking their fingers up their nose? <laughs> yes, the sharp-toothed snail that lives in your nose. You couldn't get away with that these days. A, pub oh, yeah. a publisher would say, no, it's too scary. I know. There's kind of some scary things on this one where, like, this girl, like, instead of having the Midas touch, she has, like, this mush touch. So every, everything she touches turns to mush. And then, like, she turns to mush, and her TV turns to mush, and everything around her is mush. And then she's like, do you want to shake my hand at the end? That's funny. That's funny. It's, it's ridiculous. Oh, the kids, they get too scared. These but that's days. the one they asked for. Like, I didn't know how much they were actually paying attention because Pete was like, read the one about the squishy girl. I was like, what? I don't remember, you know? And he was like, he was, tell he was trying to talk about it. And then he said, and the guy is itching his back. And it made me even more confused. And then Ellie was telling me, it's like the guy that turns things to gold, but she turns things to mush. I was like, oh. And then I found it. And, he, and on this other opposite side of the page was a guy. It was about an itch you can't scratch. And it was like a guy trying to scratch the back of his back. And that's what Pete had remembered was like part of that page. I just thought, look at you guys remembering things. Well, these things, they cause children to think I and know, imagine it's really cool. and question and yeah. envision, not some safe garbage that comes in the form of a blue dog that's from Australia. <laughs> Excuse me. Do not besmirch the name of Bluey. Yeah, but Bluey, so everything's great, Bluey. It's all good. And anything. That no, not everything's great. They, they uh, found a dead bird and the bird, they brought it to the vet and the bird died. And he was, and she was really sad about it. And then when she went home, she wanted to like recreate that in a play type scenario. And the mom 
was pretending to be the vet and she was like she came out she's like oh guess what the pidgey made it and she was like no no the pidgey dies she's like oh are you sure she's <laughs> like yeah go and do it right so she came out she's like oh sorry we couldn't do anything about it okay i apologize i apologize died. i retract my statement about the and oh my god the one where they're sleeping and uh bingo is having a dream it makes me cry they play the uh the music behind it is the planets you know by that guy uh i forget who it is it's it's like russian things funny little things happen in the episode but there are like there are there's symbolism in that episode that is mother is father and the feeling of the, i don't know there's something about it. i feel like a little choked up even thinking about it right now it's such a great episode and there is your bluey's the best your weekly bluey recap <laughs> the planets by that guy that guy what's his name uh Ba-ba-ba. gustav gustav holst holst i say can't yeah it's uh let me look it up now holst holst Gustav. Gustav. Little did he know when he was composing that, that uh, it would wind up in Bluey. Well, they used it properly. It was really good. And it had an um, astro sort of um, theme to it. So like all of her dream was her being flung around in space to the different planets. Mm. And she like gives up her her cubby. It doesn't do much for me. Yeah, you mean, really should. It's so that just, good. That just I I mean I watch it and I think it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Who are you parroting right now? You when you what talk about that? Futurama because you're talking about how it ties into space and it gets a little smart and clever and usually like eh, give me Family Guy with the talking dog and the oh, dumbass baby. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Family Guy at first was was interesting because it was new and different and shocking, and then it just became like was it that different? It was a rip yeah. off of The Simpsons, at least in terms oh, no, of family no. I structure. It, I don't mean it and it's like I, I I don't mean in the way that's like fat husband, hot wife, two point five kids or whatever. You know, I get that, but it was interesting. They did funny things that you don't expect. You know, they did things that they I hadn't seen before outside of like South Park, and South Park does it like in a way more intelligent way but family guy was like interesting and then yeah it just got to be like a parody what i say about futurama is it's a very good show its humor has hardly ever made me like laugh like ah, you know like laugh it's made me say like huh funny that's funny like oh i get it that's funny not like actually have like a visceral reaction well, my favorite interpretation of God ever was from Futurama when Bender is floating through space and comes across a bunch of flashing lights, and that is God. Most realistic portrayal. Oh, nice. I enjoy it. I was watching Futurama again. I enjoy it. But anyway, going back to the children's series, and I, I know we've yeah. talked about this before, but the uh, scary stories to tell in the dark, the fact that they changed <gasps> those illustrations because they were too oh. frightening. I Didn't they take out... The story about the lady with her scarf on her neck? They may have. I, I, I think that they did, but I'm not sure about that. I don't know who makes these decisions, but obviously some morons have gotten into <gasps> positions of power. A of adults? Yes, this is, I read these as a kid, and I could barely handle it. So here's, <laughs> here's a choice to protect my child. I could barely handle it. <laughs> you do not get to 
see the illustration of the spider coming out of the woman's cheek. The spider that's out front. That's what's going to happen to me. I'm going to go to sleep and the spider is going to have somehow gotten into my cheek and hatch. And it's going to release its little babies. What about um, that vampire bunny? Do you remember that one? It like sucked the juice out of a tomato. It was a vampire. I can't remember that. <laughs> what that one was. No. Okay. <laughs> um, and we've talked about uh, Edward Gorey before, which I really enjoy. I don't remember that. Edward Gorey wasn't necessarily for children, but uh, he was kind of a dark character. And he had the ghastly crumb tinies, which was, it went through the alphabet and it told you each child's name, you know, each letter had a child assigned to it and told you how that child died. It's one of my favorite things. Wow. Look up Edward. Oh, yeah. I remember that now. Gashly Crumb Tinies. I love it. <laughs> um, this is not exactly that, but Ellie wrote a story um, for this, like, submission thing you could do at her elementary school. And it had a bunch of, like, farting in it. Like, part of it. It was a really cute story. It actually had, it was like, oh, this is, a, this is decent, this little story. Um, but it did have to do with farting, and they had they were they rejected it because it wasn't appropriate. <laughs> it's a shame. Too much Family Guy. She's been watching too much Family Guy. If you had her oh, watching, please. if you had her watching, <laughs> you don't Fut- watch Family Guy. If you had her watching Futurama, she wouldn't have had farting jokes. Well, it was it was a smart little story. I wish I could find it. <laughs> smart but it. crude. Yeah. <laughs> you failed as a parent. You. You said this is this is funny. You led her down a wrong path. This is was, comedy, yeah. honey. This is this is what people laugh at. Ah, fat Peter Griffin. Ah. They said she said I saw that Elliot submitted a paw printer story, and I'm so excited that she is participating in this amazing program. While the topic of her story is not violent, it is not a topic that is school appropriate. <laughs> topic where we stick to one topic my name is autumn fisher my name is greg russ this week um it is my week right yes is it my week i think i mean it, it, i've lost track because you did three episodes in a row they were they were your choice and i didn't put all right up well a- then it was probably it's probably is still technically your choice then because if it was my turn first and then i took yours the second time and then i took mine again then that's yours well i didn't put up much of a fight I thought to myself, no. whatever, <laughs> go I mean, for it's it. It's a group effort. I mean, a lot of time I'll come to you and I have an idea and it's the same one we've done before or it's about food. It's always about food. Quite often. I know that food is a topic of conversation that seems easy yeah. to expand on and it's relatable. Yeah. But we have to stay away from doing nonstop food <laughs> shows. That's fine. I understand that. Anyway, so... uh we have a couple of ideas for topics. Well, right? I, I know that you want to do this is <laughs> makes me laugh. I know that we've done the Home Alone episodes. Mm-hmm. Home Alone, Home Alone 2, reviewing movies from mm-hmm. decades ago. I'm just talking about them. I know it's not it's reviewing interesting. them. It's interesting because it's so home, the Home Alone movies are so easy to turn into something like Baby's Day Out. You know, or like cop dog, 
you know, with like slapstick, whatever. It's and it's shocking how great those movies are versus um, these horrible. You know what I mean? Like it's it's easy. It was it was a very thin line I that know. Home Alone walked, we've, and it was magical. We've, we've completely explored that. We've excavated that site. Yeah. If you if you care to know our thoughts on Home Alone or Home Alone Two, that was our second episode. Yeah, which is a very strange thing, setting the tone for the whole podcast series. And hey, we're going to talk about Home Alone. Which, you know what it, sa- it said to me is that we're going to do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, and that's fine. That's what kind of yeah. the, the show is. We do whatever we want. Surprisingly, it can become difficult to come up with topics at times. Yeah. Because there are things that, you know, the show tends to be conversational. It's not factual. It's not a trivia show. Right. And we're not doing like research before we talk about something so that we can give you, the listener, uh, a bunch of information about something. We're, we're just, talking about how we feel or what we think about whatever the topic is. We're just riffing. <laughs> yeah. We're lazy. We don't go deep. We can make any topic boring. <laughs> yeah. Watch us make everything stupid. Everything shallow and boring with these two. They don't go but deep. But this in particular, okay, so we could either, I think that we should save the shallow, not when, boring, but when, the shallow. Yeah, when they do yet, go deep, I hate it. I call it psychobabble. So oh, you're still hung there's up. There's no winning. Um, no, the topic, you want to talk about sex in the city, which is funny to me because <laughs> it is still for a series, and this is not going to be today's topic, but for a series that debuted in 1998, it is still highly popular and it still generates a lot of conversation. And uh, right now, especially, they're re- they're, they're, uh, they're doing the third, or the, whatever, whatever, is it a movie or is it an, a no, series a of episodes? Series, a new series. Yeah, what's it called? It's called like, and so it happened. And just like that. (laughs) Just like that. (laughs) But we're not talking about this this time. No, we're not. We're going to we're going to talk about that next time. There's, you know, stay tuned. Sex in the City. Even today, there was a marathon on E. It's like it's always on. And that's the worst way to watch it, though. They're they're podcast dedicated to it. There's a there's a Instagram account about the outfits that they all wore that I follow. <laughs> yeah. Like any part of the show that can be pieced apart. Mm-hmm. It's like it, the show went to a chop shop and people claimed different elements of the show and then grew those into different forms of media, Instagram accounts and podcasts. And the fact that there's still people out there who want to talk about sex in the city the, the fact that they're you know the the reddit the subreddit is highly active i was looking at it today i was just curious and people are still writing about sex in the city it's not huge it only has uh thousands of members but not even a hundred thousand but still it's an active subreddit mm-hmm. um and surprisingly it's not a show that i hated i like sex in the city i think a lot of the uh, we all right i'm not i don't want to get into it we're not going to get into it yeah, I have thoughts and I want to save them. I just set it up. I said it's not a show that I hated because the other topic of conversation was me. I'm, I'm you know, hating everything in the world, which it's not true. There are plenty of things that I do like. But uh, after last, last week's show and I was ranting about the beach and I was thinking, it's like, you know, talking about shallow and no substance. <laughs> I was like, what, what's the point? Why do I hate you know, not the beach, but it's like, why do I feel so strongly about certain things? And I think we hit mm-hmm. upon it a bit 
uh, last week's episode, which was about sleepovers. And I talked about how I hated sleeping over and hated people spending the night at my place. And, you know, all of that's fair. And I think there are valid points. But I really got worked up over the beach. And, you know, it's mostly because I get a strange reaction from people about not liking the beach. It's like, what? They recoil and their minds are blown. It's like, how can, how can this be? It's like, shut up. It's not that strange. Why can't you just accept that maybe someone doesn't like the beach? See, here I go mm-hmm. getting angry about it again. But it's, yeah. So then I go against the people who hate the, who like the beach, and I say they're idiots, and I hate them, and I hate the whole... Right, and that's where it goes too far, because I think that you, personally, you are allowed to think and feel whatever you want. But when you then attack others for liking a thing you dislike, you're doing the same thing to them that they did to you. Yeah, it's just a defense mechanism. It's protecting myself. But I was thinking about it, uh, how, you know, how much I dislike things. But compared to people I know, I'm, I'm one of the, I'm not a bad offender, let's say. The, 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 there's people that I adore and really like and hang out with um, that really just hate everything that they come across. And quite often these people I find to be thoughtful and self-aware and creative. And for whatever reason, I guess they've gotten angry and bitter for being underachievers is really the best way of putting it. Maybe they should have done more, but, you know, having success requires many things, not just talent. And maybe right. people- and a lot of creative people have a difficult time staying on task, you yeah. know, or like having a goal or putting uh, yourself out that, there. That- Right, that like leads you towards something that's quote successful. Yeah, so like it gets to the point where one of my friends mentioned Queen's Gambit, which I watched mm-hmm. that limited run series on Netflix, and I I enjoyed it. I thought it was entertaining and interesting, and the set design and the costumes, like things that normally I don't even pay attention to. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this thing really covers a lot, and I find it to be enjoyable. And it's like that was the absolute worst. I cannot stand it i hate it and you know listening to other people talk about tv can't be good no matter what Mm. even the best tv sucks because the sole purpose of tv is to get you to watch the next episode it can't live solely as art it's like okay fine what 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 do you want what did what do you like is there anything out there you do like uh the, the the point of me bringing this up though is i'm at the point in my life where these people that i do enjoy or at least i have enjoyed and i i find as though i can relate to i'm getting tired of it i'm getting tired of dealing with them like hey i don't i don't have time for this now i'm not a person who says you're bringing me down man i hate you know like shut up i i think people can have conversations about unpleasant things or things that they don't like or negative things so anyone who immediately says you're bringing me down quite often they jump to that immediately because they don't want to have such discussions but it does kind of feel like that you know, the type of work I do is it is what it is. It's fine. It's a lot of advertising work. And I understand that creatively it's not the most fulfilling, but it's like it's not bad work. It pays well. Um, you know, I've accepted it for what it is, but dealing with people who are just like constantly shitting all over it and highlighting conversations that are happening around projects and you know, look at these idiots talking about how excited they are. It's like, yeah, okay, they are. People are overly enthusiastic about this commercial that we're making. It's misplaced. There's no reason we're not changing the world. 
or not making art, that's fine. Why can't you just let these people exist? Like, I'm at the point, fine. So what? Leave it alone. And yeah, I think I'm tired of hating things. Surprising. I'm, it doesn't mean I'm going to stop disliking or hating things. But it made me take a look at it and question it a bit more. And I also feel as though, you know, it's tied to being neurotic, but it's just all boring to me now. I've gotten really bored with it. That's kind of, it's, it's interesting to hear. <laughs> I've, I've exhausted it. I've pushed it to its limits and I've gotten what I can get out of it. And anything I have to say these days is repeat. It's all repeated. And, you know, I, I think about the radio show with Eric and I know sometimes he listens to this rarely, but you know, yeah. if, if, <laughs> if, if he is listening, I hope he's able to listen to this with an open mind. But you know, there's a point where I feel as though people become so close-minded that they're not open to looking at things objectively. They've already made up their minds and have their opinions before anyone even presents anything to them. Mm-hmm. And you can only live to a certain extent that way. You only have so many things to say. There's only so many points of view that can exist when that's the right. way you approach the world. You become a you become a warehouse instead of a factory. Yeah, and look, I know doing a radio show every single day for three hours that you have turnover an audience and you're going to repeat yourself, and this isn't yeah. just about shitting on Eric, but I know that is a difficult thing to do, but I noticed it's like, okay, we've heard this, I've heard this, I've heard this, and I'm probably in tune with it because I've been feeling that way myself. I'm like, mm. I have nothing new to say. I, you know, people who know me, like there's nothing exciting anymore. What you still finding me to be interesting? Really, I I have nothing new well, to present to you. Well, if if you think that what you present is the same over and over, then yeah, I guess you're right. You know, because especially for you feeling like that, you've been around you for this long, and so you feel like I'm done with this part of me. And I have to say, I mean, you have done a lot of changing. In the last couple of years. And have I? This is something I've been questioning myself. Have I been changing? Am yeah. I dancing around changing? Am I just pretending that I'm changing, talking around changing, going in circles around changing? Just I so- don't know if it's talking, but I feel like just no, I, I, I'm not going off of what you say. I'm going off of your actions, like buying things for yourself, you know, giving yourself nice things that aren't totally necessary or aren't just total utilitarian moving in, you know, with your girlfriend, you know, um, the relationship that we tried to have, you know, you were ready for it and I wasn't. And then you found you were, you were in a place where you were able to be with someone in the type of relationship that you needed. Well, it's still difficult. Even in relationships, I feel as though I'm at the point, it's like, okay, you've heard all my stories. All that stuff you thought was cool and exciting up front, you realize now is maybe not as cool and exciting or it's played out and you've got to be bored at this point. And that's just projection. I'm bored. I'm bored. <laughs> that's the thing. Not I mean, with the relationship. I mean, with myself is what I'm okay. saying. I, I, and you're, you're experiencing you differently than other pe- people are experiencing you. But like I said, I think that it's interesting that you're feeling this way now when I think you've you really sort of. I think because you've you've gotten healthier. You know, it took you a long time in therapy to actually be ready 
for the reason for, for, for the change that you wanted, or maybe you didn't even mean to want it, but the, the whole reason why you went into therapy, right. Was to, I don't know, become maybe healthier mentally or something, whatever you were seeking. And maybe you're fi- you've finally gotten to a place where you're able to sort of use those tools and make those changes. And now all of a sudden you're like, wait, maybe I don't have to be like, well, I wonder if everything. it would have changed anyway, like it, just in getting older, maybe I would have gotten tired of existing the way that I have existed. But through therapy, I do feel but as though I've gotten yeah. some tools. Otherwise I could probably be a mess who would contemplate suicide. That wouldn't be out of the realm in my mind if I didn't put in some kind of work. And I'm not well, laughing. Because it's just at, the same thing over and over and over. Yeah, I'm not laughing at you know suicide, but I laugh at this idea that's like, yeah, that doesn't seem out the the, the left field. That, oh, I I told some people about like the Medicaid. I was just my friends. I was like, yeah, I'm on Zoloft or I'm on like you know uh, generic Zoloft. Uh, yeah, because I was gonna kill myself. <laughs> They're like, whoa, and I didn't mean to say it so flippantly, but it really was just like, yeah, what the fuck why that's crazy so yeah it is it's it's interesting like when you when you have had those thoughts and you didn't i mean have you have you ever ever really had suicidal thoughts no i haven't i've never because you know my fear of death so i've never really gotten to the point where i've wanted to kill myself but i can see how it could get tiring enough yeah where you would and you know this ties in i told you that i saw the anthony bourdain documentary uh roadrunner and when Bourdain committed suicide several years ago, I know that people really adored him. And there's just a shock when someone you like commits suicide. I think there's a lot of people, how, why? His life is so one. He got to travel. And oh, yeah. It was amazing. And to me, it made sense. It's like there was something that I. Picked. Was it suicide? I thought that there was like some auto erotic. No, no. No, okay. Yeah, I don't Cause know. Because that was, that was that other, that was someone else, I guess. No, he just, he killed himself. Okay. Sorry. And, and there were, I just want to, there, there are plenty of things going on in his life that he had dealt with throughout his life, things that he'd never dealt with and he just kind of coped with in certain ways. And um, to me, though, it made sense at the point. I was like, yeah, he's yeah. probably tired. And it didn't seem that out of the ordinary. I say this as a person who I liked the work that Anthony Bourdain did. I wasn't a huge fan. I wasn't like, I have to see this. I had everything he does. I'm following it so closely, but anytime I watched the show, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed his approach. Um, he was an addict. Sometimes addicts are the most thoughtful, deep, interesting people. Yeah. Well, and he was one of them. Quite often they're addicts and they're trying to escape the constant thought. Right. And you know, we can get back into this and this tied in to my current state of mind after seeing that yesterday. But it didn't seem strange to me that he did it. It's sad. It clearly is not something that you would wish anyone felt as though they had to do, that it was the only way out. But it's like, yeah, okay. That, that is not shocking. And mm-hmm. I've never been to that point, though, to go back to what you asked. I feel as though though I can understand how maybe at some point like, I'm so tired of this. And a lot of this was born out of um, you know, the fact that I am so neurotic, and the way I approached the world, my cousin was in town and she wanted to go to a restaurant and it was left up to me to pick the restaurant and it stressed me out for hours leading up. I was like, I don't, you like food. I know that she likes food. She has opinions about food. Mm. I don't fucking give a shit about food. Um, 
I don't want to be responsible for picking a place because if I have to pick a place, more than likely it's going to let you down because you actually care. I don't care. I don't want to pick. Uh, the fact, though, that, you know, that's fine to state it like that. And then it came up again. We had, you know, a friend visiting, you know, someone that both you and I know mm-hmm. was visiting, and he suggested getting food, too. And I just flat out said, nope, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, don't put that on me. And I think that's fine to present that. But the way these things eat me up leading up to it, uh, yeah. the same thing while it's still tied to food. But, you know, if there's a restaurant, especially a place with counter service where you go in, you put in your order, but there's a system that uh, people need to follow. If I don't know the way it works, I don't want to go in because in my mind, I'll go in, I'll stumble, I'm going to look like a fool. The person behind me is going to get annoyed because they know what they want and they know the way this works and they're going to think, get the hell out of Same thing with parallel parking. I've become a very good parallel parker because the idea of on a busy road, you see a spot, you parallel park, you screw it up, you block traffic, the person's getting pissed at you, they're cursing you out. It's also, they're probably laughing and saying, what an idiot, what a moron, doesn't even know how to park the car. And yeah. You're yeah. doing a lot of assumptions. Your brain is doing a lot of work. Well, this was, you know, when I was in Florida last week, too. And I know, did I mention this on last week's podcast? I wanted to go swimming. And there were five oh, the different pools. Yeah, I walked yeah, around until I got to the point where uh, there was a pool. I finally found a pool where there weren't many people because the other ones are too crowded. And my mind's like, who's this guy? Why is he coming alone? Look at him, he doesn't even know how to swim. He's just getting into the water. He's just standing there. What's he doing? Why is he here? And I, you know, living this way is tiring, which then I think leads to the hatred for everything. Because Mm -hmm. like you, fuck you. If you didn't exist, I wouldn't have to have all this anxiety. It's your fault that you're at this pool right now. I fucking hate you. It's not that, well, and I also feel like you have some disdain for people who do enjoy things because you feel like they must be idiots. Well, sometimes I do think, see, here's the thing. There's when I say I'm not going to stop hating everything, I'm not because I still will have opinions and I will still think that there are stupid things for people to like. It's like, how can you like this? You have to be faking this to a a, a bit. Um, I can't think of specific examples now, but it's not going to fully go away, but it doesn't need to be as extreme. And I, I'm you know, run down. I am just exhausted. And it's, see, that's what I'm saying. So like, I feel like before you, you weren't in a place where you could pay attention to what this does to you. Well, I was, I could pay attention, but the thing that it did, I felt as though it created interesting stories and it fueled creativity. Talking, you used it as like your personality, talking about how you overthink to the extent that someone's wishing death on you because you don't know how to order a knish properly at a counter. <laughs> right. You know, to me, there's some humor in that too. It's like, who would overreact in such a way? Like having yeah. a, a fantasy of how they would murder you because you can't decide if you want yellow mustard or spicy mustard, um, right. which shouldn't take that long. I would get angry if someone didn't know. Nobody should ever have yellow mustard. It should always be spicy mustard. But... That's, that's, that was part of the reason. I mean, I, I think it existed. I didn't really know how to, what to do with it. So it got exaggerated. I also felt as though it fueled creativity. But the truth is it didn't fuel anything. It just shut down creativity. Right. It, it, it created ideas, but nothing I would ever really act on. It's like, what? I can't write that. What if I write that? And then it's completely ridiculous. And I put it out there and people think 
this guy thinks he's a good writer. This guy fucking sucks ass. I don't want to read this shit. And, you know, something like painting for me. There's no weight to it. There's no worth invested into it. If I paint something and someone says that sucks, I'm like, yeah, it does. I'm not a painter. I don't claim right to be a because good you don't. But but if you call yourself someone who enjoys writing and someone who thinks like who, who might be proud of something they wrote, then it does make you vulnerable. And you feeling vulnerable makes you really uh, makes your brain go crazy. You're vulnerable at a counter, not knowing what to do. You're vulnerable uh, trying to park a car at parallel park. And putting other people out, like, it makes you vulnerable. And a lot of that, though, is projection, too, because I certainly judge people harshly if they don't know how to do things. You're in my fucking way. Why are you here? People three wide on a sidewalk blocking the lack of... But you know what? I have that, too. And then once the second, they're like, oh, sorry. I'm like, oh, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, because... I'll I'll be so pissed or something. Like, look at these idiots. And then I'll be so nice if they're like, oops, sorry, excuse me. Yeah, because they express some self-awareness. They realize yeah. that they're possibly in your way or... It's like, poof, vanished. Everything I thought, like the anger or whatever is gone. I'm I'm the same. I'm with you on that one. If someone apologizes, I'm like, okay, it's fine. Thank yeah. you for being aware enough to I no longer want to slit your Achilles tendon. <laughs> yeah, that, that whole fantasy is dissipated. It no longer lives in my brain. Yeah. All because you apologized. Um, (laughs) you know so there's several issues at play I guess Mm -hmm. it's like the the complete judgment that I have of others Uh, and that's born I think it's very difficult for me to think of someone thinking negatively of me thinking I'm a certain don't know them well thinking I'm a certain way and whatever thoughts they would apply to me in a situation, like one of the ones we just listed or anything, and they're like, what a fucking idiot. This more, I was like, hey, I'm not that person at all. I'm a nice person. Why would you think of me this way? And it's one of the things I have the most difficulty dealing with is if someone snaps at me. Mm. I mean, that's a, I, th- I think of a situation, I've brought this up before, but one of my... my when I was a kid, my dad was having trouble getting my sister to sleep. And I didn't know this. I was just a kid. And I came in from outside. And I guess I was loud. But just like the way a kid would come in. And I woke up my sister and he got really pissed. And he's like, look what you did. I was like, hey, I didn't, I didn't, what did I do? I didn't even know I wasn't doing anything. Yeah. I was just acting normally. And uh, the inability to feel that, like really, is consuming to the point where I, I do everything I can to avoid it. Yeah, and but at your own detriment. Yeah, so it, so me putting myself in a situation where someone could possibly think something like that about me, and then if I knew they were thinking that, my uh, lack of ability to handle that is mm-hmm. it's it's too much. So yeah, how do you work around that? How do you you don't well, rewire I mean, that? Well, I mean, the thing is, the, the, that's where the hatred came from, as I already established. And I think you rewire. It's like you just gotta shut the fuck up. I'm just at the point where it's like it's also making everything it, about yourself. Yeah, people are gonna think nasty things, whatever. Yeah, and then they're gone, and they don't think about you two minutes later. Never. Yes, it's the thing about like I am nothing, and I am everything. Right. That's how you existed. Yeah, at the same because because I'm nothing. I'm 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 
worthless. I have nothing. I don't deserve anything. I'm nothing. Or I'm everything. Everything I do affects everyone. Everyone's going to be mad at me if I do this one thing wrong. Yeah, it, it simultaneously, it's a strange paradox in a way. How can you be nothing mm-hmm. and everything at once? But it's like, hey, I realize that you're I'm, the Big Bang. I realize <laughs> the Big Bang. <laughs> I realize I'm an insignificant piece of shit. Why can't you do the same? And you know, I think what I would say is the next time you're thinking something is dumb or you're feeling super critical about something, I might stop and ask yourself, like, why do I think that? Like, where is this coming from? Is it real? Do I actually think that this is dumb? Or am I just railing against it because of some other reason? That might come from the place of, if I did that, I'd be vulnerable and that makes me uncomfortable. Well, we certainly need to be more mindful of it. And I think it's also deciding to do things that I wouldn't normally do. Just pick a fucking restaurant, you know, who cares? Yeah. Or go into a place that I feel uncomfortable going into because I don't know the way it works. Who cares? Because um, a lot of effort is put into avoiding any of the bad feelings that could come along. Could. They're not guaranteed. Could, yeah. That could come along. <laughs> and, that, and eventually probably will. Well, that in itself, though, takes a toll. And then, but sitting around, not doing anything, takes a toll, too. It's like, I'm bored. Like, I've gotten to the point where I'm just so bored with life. Not overall. And yeah. obviously I've made changes, but I realize I've spent years and years. Like, what have you done? I've just avoided a lot of stuff and yeah. it's gotten very boring. And um, I'm just at the end of a lot of this. And things like the beach, talking about it, just made me realize maybe it's time to just stop getting so worked up over those things. I don't like the beach. You like the beach. Fine. If you want to come at me, then I'll throw, you know, some counter attack at you. But I also shouldn't care that much. Yeah. I mean, you're allowed to not like the beach. Absolutely. That's totally fine. Um, But yeah, the reason why you railed against it was because you were feeling judged. Right. And so that would be a chance where you could say like, what is the real reason? You know, why am I going to such great lengths to avoid a pool? No one's looking at me. No one cares. No one's thinking about me. Just do your thing. Maybe somebody does. And then, like you said, they move on. They're done. Or they say, like, look at that cute guy (laughs) standing in the water. You know what I mean? Like, you should start thinking, you know what? Maybe that's a fun little Nah, not uh, at this point. I'm too old for that. Why is that middle-aged guy here in the pool alone with my kids swimming around? I'm not saying that that's that might not be a thought in someone's head. That's fine. But I'm saying for your own like mental state in those situations, try and think of the positives, you know, like, oh, I wonder who he's here with. Oh, look at that guy. He has cool hair. I don't know. Man, that guy has a beard. I wish my beard could grow like that. Do you know what I mean? Like like little things that people notice about you. It's not all negative. It's not going to all be like, he's a creep. What's he doing? Why is he standing near my kid? Yeah, I mean, for that guy over there looks trustworthy. Maybe that's what someone's thinking. I don't. Yeah, uh, maybe. You I, know, no, it's just it's the same maybe <laughs> that someone is looking at you as a pedophile. I I hear you. <laughs> I hear you on that, but it really is at this point just starting to put myself into situations that maybe I wouldn't have put myself in because they're so low stakes. Again, and, you could be at the counter not knowing how to order the knish, and someone is like, "Oh, this poor dude doesn't know how to order it." Like I remember and I was and I didn't know how either. That sucks. 
Now, see, you're giving people too much credit. The most people. No, I think like that. Most, <laughs> no, you don't. Yes, I do. You just told me you get annoyed if someone's in your way. No, I have had those feelings. I don't. I don't always have those feelings. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know not everyone is so miserable and angry, but it does seem like, for the most part, when someone part, doesn't know what to do, sometimes I'll show. I'll be like, I'll not make a show of it, but I'll. I'll do things specifically so that like, maybe they can see the way that things are done. If I know the way that things are done or I'll be like, here you go. Or like hand them something that they need that they don't know they need. You know what I mean? Something like that. Yeah. If someone tried to do that, they leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> I'll figure this out myself. Yeah. Okay. See, that's what I mean. Like you don't have to do that. You're like, Oh, cool. Thanks. Well, one of like, the, yeah, I don't fucking know what to do. You're like, yeah, I'm, I didn't know either. It's really confusing. Here, one, of the, one, of, one of the things that tied into this was I would, you know, when I would experience new things, I like doing it alone or if anything, you know, the, that I wanted to enjoy. I didn't want someone else around if their input could ruin it for me or if my enjoyment um, wouldn't be matched. And that's why I enjoyed doing things alone. And if, if there was some kind of failure or stumble in the moment of embarrassment, to me, it's much more embarrassing to have someone around that you care about to witness it. <laughs> so the shame washes over. And for a long time, I would like to do things alone for that very reason too. But, you know, we talked about this, I think, well, I, mean, I know we did one of the episodes, but it was called Autumn as, an, as a perfectionist. And mm -hmm. out of this grows this need to be perfect, because if you're perfect, yeah. You won't screw anything up and then no one can ever have the ammo to shoot at you. And so I think for me, I'm learning. I'm on a different side of it than you are, like in a different way of expressing it. But I'm in the middle of coming through departing that type of thinking, you know, and getting more comfortable with being uncomfortable. Well, yeah, yourself is really the main thing. You're yeah. not perfect. Everyone's flawed. And right. No, listen, everyone is flawed. Not me. <laughs> I have my shit together. <laughs> and, and when I don't have my shit together, I feel like I'm a huge burden. Right. And then I'm like always complaining. And I always, you know, like none of that. People are fine with me being messy. They're fine with you being messy. You know, not messy, like, you know, filthy. I mean, messy, like drama or something you know what i mean well it some happens. people are and some people aren't and that's okay that some people right aren't. and i and i get concerned even though i'm not typically messy you know i'm not typically full of drama sometimes there's a little drama in my life and i have to be okay i have to trust the people that i have around me to be okay with that and that's a learned experience that's a learning thing that you have to do and so yeah you have to yeah, get some like exposure therapy. <laughs> Go into places you don't know and just figure out, just do the wrong thing. Figure out and who realize I that am. it's okay. Who are you, Greg Russ? Who are you, Autumn? Who am I? Yeah, who are you? It's hard. <laughs> it is a very difficult thing. And, and to articulate really hard. To articulate it's difficult too, to put it into yeah, words. Yeah, I would but. love to be able to answer that. I feel like I could, but it would take me sometime. I don't know if really I could. I mean, I it's not that the way I've presented myself isn't who I am. It is. I would love for like a group of friends to anonymously write down who I am and send it to me. 
Oh my God, how amazing would that be? Anonymous. So it could be like, bitch, <laughs> if they wanted to be like, annoying. Like they could put anything they want. I'm sure it would be filled also with positives, but I'm just saying it could be anonymous so that nobody's held, you know, accountable but for the, anything. See, some people, I guess, know you better than other people, but a lot of people would write the adjectives that describe who you present yourself as. Cool, along for the ride. Just yeah. one of the boys. Easy <laughs> yeah. And that's all they really know. I wouldn't then take those things as, oh, this must be me. But it would help me. I think that I'd be able to spot the things that were like the projected things that I put out there. I mean, but it's hard to say because I am someone who is typically easygoing. But how much of that easygoing is my natural state and how much of it is like trying to be, quote, cool and just like, don't have to worry about me. I'll never be I'll never be bothered by anything. So you'll always be my friend. Yeah, there's a lack of trust that people. So when you say some <sighs> yeah. people are cool with you being messy, you don't actually buy into that. You don't fully trust that. No, I don't. And I I have to remind myself. You know, like it's okay to reach out and say like, "Hey, I'm f- I I did I did it because I'm learning. I did it last week. I was like, I don't know what's happening. I'm feeling like people are mad at me. I don't know why." There wouldn't really be a reason for that. So I texted my friend and I was like, hey, I know you understand. I was like, hey, I'm feeling like I was like, are we is everything okay? I don't know why I'm feeling like this, but I just am and I feel like you'll understand. And she called me and she's like, Autumn, I I was talking about you all weekend and I was like wishing that we could hang out. And every time that I can't hang out, it's really just because I'm an introvert. You know, like she was just telling and nothing to do with me. And I told her, I was like, I don't know where this is coming from. It just was happening. And then when I talked to her about it, I felt better. But before, I would never have admitted to her. And she's like a newer friend. I mean, she's my friend for a couple, like a year and a half, maybe. Um, but I don't know. I could reach out to my like my close old friends, you know, from Atlanta, from that I knew growing up. But these new groups, you know, it's difficult to sort of show them vulnerability. And hope that they'll still like you, you know, but they keep showing me that they'll still like me, <laughs> you know, which is really cool and hard to do, hard to trust. And there are people who wouldn't like you, but they're not people that you need to have around ultimately. Yeah. If someone's going to be like, oh, I don't have time for this. I can't deal with you stumbling. And, and and if they can't, that's also fine. That's within their prerogative. But I need to keep I can't have them like. I can't, I, I have to remember not to rely on them the way that I would someone who has shown me that I can rely on them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like when, yeah, because I, I'm somebody that's like going to, you're going to, if you're, if you're friendly with me and we're hanging out and we're friends, like you're in, you're in with me. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, you're with me. And if you can, if you show me things that are to the, like that, that show me that I can't be vulnerable with you or I can't be quote like messy or something, then I just, I'm just going to push you out a little bit. <laughs> you know, you're going to be more on the periphery, but that takes practice too. Maybe I shouldn't let everybody in, but I can't help it. But I mean, I don't, I think you just need to gauge it as you go along. You shouldn't have a predetermined, like a preset, like going in. It's like, yes, I'm going to let people in or no, I'm not going to let people in. You just mm-hmm. have to g- 
give everyone the same chance and maybe go in without any expectations of any, any sort or um, any yeah. kind of predetermined you know, outlook, I guess. And then, well, if you're my friend, I do expect certain things. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. I'm saying when meeting new people or coming across yeah, new yeah. people, you, because you said maybe I let too many people in. It's like, I don't know. Maybe everyone has a right to be let in at first or at least given a chance to prove that they should be let in. Maybe they shouldn't be yeah. let in right away. And then if they show you otherwise, you have to be able to say, well, okay, I don't really want anything to do with you. And that's a difficult thing to do also. But yeah. overall, it's just accepting um, you know, who you are and the way the world actually is. Uh, one of the things, I talk about hating everything, but you know, there's the side of me that actually likes a lot of things, loves things. There's the romantic side of me. And this is something that I was thinking about previously too, that came up in that film um, about Bourdain. Like there was a lot that I related to with that dude. And the, the reason people liked him, it's, I know it's strange. I never thought I'd be talking about Anthony Bourdain in a way <laughs> like this, because again, I wasn't, I didn't care that much, but mm -hmm. it was just timing of that, that uh, movie. And the reason I think people liked him is because he was himself and like, so many ripoffs of that show after the fact people try to mimic the style and it's like, like it worked for him because that's who he was. Obviously things get changed a bit when you're on camera uh, presented a little bit differently, but people can sense um, if someone's being themselves. Um, but you know, the romantic side of me, this was something that came up is apparently he viewed the world, uh, with a romantic lens also. And I don't need to go any further about Anthony Bourdain's life, but it was something I was thinking about and then seeing it presented in the film. It's like some of that's unrealistic also. It's like having these ideas and expectations of what the world could be or what I would like it to be if yes. these things really played out um, ideally. It's like that's not, it's never going to match that either. Uh, you know, one of the biggest things why I'm labeled a misanthrope is I do feel as though humanity is quite disappointing. Very often people let, not like me necessarily, but let each other down, let themselves down. And it's like, man, I know that people are capable of more than this. And it it sucks that quite often, more than often than not, we're not getting there. And you know, what am I expecting people to do, though? What is the reality of it? Somewhere in there, I do feel as though more often than not, people are going to let each other down and they could do a better job. I do think for the most part, people could do a better job. But what is what is it that I'm imagining? Where is this ideal plane where I want everyone to exist? And is anyone yeah. really ever going to get there, including myself? And if not, then, you know, that needs to be altered a bit, too. And a lot of people make mistakes. I'm fine you know, with they, mistakes. I love people making mistakes. Oh, uh, but I mean, you know, they do the wrong thing in one situation and the right thing in another. You know, you don't see all of those situations play out, but that but, doesn't mean that humanity as a whole. No, but as we already established, if someone's aware and apologizes or calls out their mistake, whatever, like that's to me. Oh, uh, but that is, I'm talking about mistakes like where, you know, a community of people have let you down, right? Let's say a community of people have rallied against something and you find it disappointing in a humanistic way that these people wouldn't you know 
go in a different direction that you would deem as the better way to go. And some of those people will stick to that and others will be like, maybe later, years later, be like, you know what? I don't think that was right. I I, I wish I had done things differently. You know what I mean? So people make make mistakes like that all the time. I should have been nicer to that person on the subway instead of like harassing them or something, you know? You don't see that part. We're at a point where I think there's an inability for people to think openly about how they are coming off. And there is a lot of closed-mindedness, which I think feeds into... That's also a defense thing, too. Yeah, well, it's like everyone's become so self-absorbed, I think. It's like, I've been doing this for years. You guys are just getting to this. It's also not a good thing because I know where this leads. So if all of you just want to be uh, live with your inflated sense of self-worth... Yeah. fuck i don't know where where we're going to go as a society um i mean i don't disagree with that i think society is it's hard to tell because society has so many silent members of it that you're not aware of and especially now with the internet you know it's a it's a pretty loud what i hope is a minority yeah, but I also think it's a window into how people really feel. People are not as reserved. They don't have as many manners. But, you know, that's a whole different topic. And at this yeah. point, I can't concern myself with it because, again, I'm just trying to look at myself and I want to stop being so miserable and be a bit more open-minded about things. And, again, that doesn't mean I'm going to stop disliking things or having negative opinions I'm not uh, going to be one of these, everything's great. Oh, it's so wonderful. No, because that's also not real. No, it's not that would probably That would take a lot of work for your brain also to do. No, but see, I used to make the mistake. It's like anyone who was like that is like, you're completely fake. But anyone who's always miserable is probably just as completely fake. It's like you can't be that miserable all the time. And, you know, to bring it back around to the beginning, these people that I liked because they were self-aware. This is, this is what ties into someone making a mistake or acting. No one needs, in my mind, nobody needs to be perfect except for me. If a perf, as long as they're willing to admit that they're not perfect, uh, have some humility. Like I am the most forgiving patient person. Like, yeah, great. Thank you for, for doing that. Um, Mm -hmm. but a lot of these people that I would give a pass because they had an ability to do that. It's like, I'm quite, it's like, what do you like? Is there anything? Is there anything? I think that people have felt that way about you. Well, possibly. Like, I, what do you like? You know, because you, you, you were so easy to like. I'm protective of the things criticize. I like because there's people out there who want to shit on it. So I'm not going to, I'm not exposing some of these things because I'm not confident. Right, but that's your, that's your thing. You have to expose those things. Yeah, well, we'll get and be there. okay with people shitting on it and still being just as valid and you're liking it. And then you'll find people that actually do like that thing too. And then you can connect with them. Well, we'll get there. You know, yeah. it's just managing expectations, but being realistic about things uh, and more open-minded and that's uh, good. people being closed-minded is a bit disheartening these days. And that seems to be the trend, but hopefully at some point it comes around and people open back up. The, the, my favorites when people claim to be open-minded. It's like, you're the most closed-minded piece of shit there is. Give me a break. You're not. <laughs> it's because that you is can, disappointing. It's because you can formulate opinions and present things uh, in a manner that makes it seem like you put thought into it. it doesn't necessarily mean that you're open-minded. Um, and I'm not speaking about anyone specifically. I swear to God, I'm not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm not. I mean, maybe there's many people who fall into that category, but... 
you know, that's where I stand. I still hate the fucking beach. I'll go to the beach. I went to the beach for 15 minutes and it was great because I did it the way I wanted to do it. And that should have been fine. Uh, for mm-hmm. the most part, I still don't like it. And anyone who wants to say that I'm weird or strange for not liking it, you can suck it because that's- the thing is, the thing is, is that like when you start sort of moving out of the being annoyed and hating things, you might find that you enjoy some aspects of being at the beach and maybe you'd stay for like 25 minutes. Yeah, possibly. I would look, you know I enjoyed mean? being in the ocean until I saw a jellyfish near me. And then I got the hell out. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> and then it's like, yes, there are a lot of creatures in this body of water that I'm in. But mm-hmm. I, I, one of my favorite things that I like doing for whatever reason is just standing there and letting waves knock me down. Really? Yeah. It's fun. I enjoy it. I was like, I'm gonna, I, well, Do you get like all tumbled up or anything? Yeah, I mean, these waves weren't huge. I guess that if, if the waves are too big, then maybe that's not the most fun thing in the world because it could probably hurt you. Yeah, but, like in the Gulf of Mexico, it's easy going, but the other side, scary. Yeah, I mean, like, again. What is it, the Atlantic? This yeah. is this is judgment call. It's like, all right, those yeah. waves are too big. But if they're, <laughs> if, if they're a certain size, I enjoy doing that. That's a weird thing. And I don't want to try to explain it. But what are you doing? It's like, I'm just going to go in there and let the waves knock me down. What weirdo? I was like, yeah, go, f- Look at that go, guy. go throw your frisbee. Get out of here with it. <laughs> I'm gonna kick, gonna kick the sucker ball around. Okay, have fun. I'm gonna go until I see a jellyfish or some other fish swim near me. We go, <laughs> or until I step on something, a shell like, that feels. What is it? Yeah, and then I'll get out. But um, you, can, you should pick it up with your toes and see if it's an alive sand dollar. Maybe I don't know if I want to see anything alive that was in the same oh. body of water as me. It's cool when you pick them up. You turn them over and they're like little cilia things on the bottom, like look like they're sparkling because yeah. they're moving all around. I know. It's cool. But anyway, this is it. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it takes, but there's a, at least a desire. It's good. To not dislike as much. It's good to be self-aware. Thank you, you know? Anthony and, Bourdain. And, yes, thank you, Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> no, it's not. Again, <laughs> the only reason that came up, it was just. I was thinking about it a lot yesterday. Then I went to see that film and the two happened to come together. I was like, oh, wow. So, you know, when you see it presented in a narrative form, it can help uh, shape things a bit more. But I also, and I think I knew, and I've already stated this, but it's like continuing down the path I was on at some point, like I'm already tired. Another few decades of it. It's like, my God, I can't imagine being in my 60s. (laughs) What uh, I mean, what does the future hold? I don't want it to hold that. I know that at least. That's really cool. That's also being self-aware, you know. And as we age, we're going to get less and less likely to change or it's going to be harder to institute change. So I think it's good. It's a good practice as we get older to like keep paying attention and like, what is this? What is this? Am I am I this still, or is this old stuff? It's hard, as you know, but uh, mm-hmm. it's really it's, hard. It's worth it, I guess. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks. I hope you like and subscribe, rate and review. Go to hopandpepper.com. Use our code one topic fifteen for fifteen percent off, and uh, get some great hot sauce. Tell your friends about the show, and um, I hope you enjoyed. Okay. Bye.